You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 63 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast, and we are going to discuss how much authors should read when writing. And I think this should become quite interesting, <laughs> Autumn. <laughs> it is. This will be a fun one to debate because I know what they say, I know what I do, and I know what I want to do. So this will be fun to try to figure out which is the proper thing to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, if, if there is such a thing as a proper thing, because I think that's part of the conversation here as well, you know. Very true. But, uh, yeah, that's something we can uh, we can discuss a bit here today. Absolutely. <laughs> but first, how was your week? I hear you had a very busy weekend. You hinted at. Yeah, it it, it almost feels like every weekend is busy at this time. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, but at least. Uh, yeah, this this past weekend was uh, was quite quite busy and uh, also quite tiresome because um, mm. I went to uh, take my certificate so that I could uh, also function as a linesman in soccer games. Oh, um, that's exciting! So that's like an additional yeah, it's like an additional referee course that you need to take uh, and you okay. need to pass it. Um, so it took like. It took all day, so you meet at nine o'clock, uh, and uh, and you're done at five. So it's like a normal work day. Ooh, yeah. But um, but during that time, you also have to, you know you sit for a couple of hours and do doing you know repetition of the theory of because of course uh, because I'm already a referee, I know the theory already. So you do like repetition of it mm-hmm. uh, with the you know linesman specific parts and, and and go through all that once again, um, and then. We went to an actual game where we then were linesmen, you know, so each of us had like 10, 10 minutes in each half uh, where we okay. were linesmen with, in a proper game to practice, which was quite nice. Uh, but the thing was that it was like, it was, the wind was howling and it was <laughs> raining and oh. it was nasty. Uh, so and it was February. not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really cold, really raining and 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 and, f- and you only had 10 minutes, you know, and then the other guys uh, who also took the certificate had their 10 minutes. So for for like half an hour out of the 40 minutes in each ha- in each half, you were just standing there in the freezing oh. cold raining and you know, it was not very pleasant. <laughs> that doesn't I trying I mean, I'm in Vermont, but you're in Denmark, so I'm thinking. I think your latitude is further north, so I'm thinking. Oh, that just rain in February, and so yeah. yeah. How are you feeling? Oh. Do you have a cold, or you sounds like you, does you sound okay? <laughs> no, no, I no, no, I I, I feel okay. I mean, um, okay, good. we did got we did get really wet and and soaked <laughs> uh, oh. because otherwise, also mm-hmm. afterwards, uh, you have to do. That's part of the certification that you have to. You had to pass a modified Cooper test. I don't know if you're uh-huh. familiar with those. No, it's basically I don't like know that. no. It, it's it's a Cooper test is like a run test that was I, I don't remember if it's like from the 60s or 70s, but it was developed for the U.S. military. 
Um, so I think normally in a Cooper test, if I remember correctly, you're running 12 minutes and you, it's basically like a max test. So you just run as far as you can in 12 minutes. Okay. And then it's used to normally it's it's then being used to that you build your training schedule off of that, um, so that you can you know build up your stamina and become more fit and whatnot. That's uh-huh. how they use it in the military. But but here we are doing it like a modified one. So instead we have to run uh, two kilometers in ten minutes. Okay. So that means that you you have to you have to run fairly fast, otherwise you're not going to make it. Um, and, and we did this, of course, with like in, with the wind, you know, right <laughs> in our faces, like it was really strong headwind. Oh, um, so it was, it was, I was, I was done for afterwards. Oh man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I, I passed everything. So Yay, now I, I also have that certificate. So that was nice. Uh, but, uh, but other than that, then uh, I must say when I got home Friday evening, I, I was very, very tired. So, <laughs> I, <would laughs> so I, I was pleased so. to be honest that, uh, this morning or this week, the kids are off school for the winter holidays. So I was actually quite pleased about that because that <laughs> meant that I could sleep in this morning, which was quite nice instead of doing an early school run. Oh, so, that's uh, so that's good. That's good. And hopefully they slept in and didn't like decide to get up at the crack of dawn and get into things. Now, you know, the, the kids are a bit older now, so so they, they don't get... They don't st- get up late but mm. they don't get up early either so it's like this eight o'clock something like that set half past seven something like that so, so it's, it's okay. okay it's enough that i can sleep in as well so okay. so that's good so but we're planning to uh to take them to the swim stadium this friday so uh mm. so i yeah and and on sunday as well my youngest has a uh, he ha- he's attending a soccer tournament that i has to have to go with him for on this coming weekend so it's like yeah, you know, next weekend is busy as well. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you definitely are running around. But hey, you're, you know, parents and plus you have other things you're working on with the soccer. And so, yeah, so that will keep you busy. Yeah, yeah. But but I think you, last time you, when we recorded, you were talking about doing the re- renovation and whatnot. So you've probably been pretty busy too. Oh, yeah, just trying to. I think if um. Uh, if I ever have to pick up a pickaxe again, I hope it's not to be lobbing at frozen ground and some big boulders. And we also had some concrete uh, posts that were supporting the posts that were supporting the roof for the overhang where we're building a, a little room below it. And right. yeah, uh, I just, as a writer, as, as anyone who likes to work with her, actually anyone, no one wants to be sore, but my elbows and my wrists and my hands, I just, I feel this. I feel this a lot. So I'm, I'm tired, but hey, we're up to the point. I have the floor joists in. It's level. I think I'm done with the frozen ground and the pickaxing. And I have just one more sheet of uh, floorboard plywood to put down. And then literally the subfloor is done and I can just worry about the walls. and. After frozen floor, um, February again, February frozen outside, floor. yeah, fl- frozen <laughs> groundwork. I am, I'm ready for just wood. But we have a storm coming tomorrow, and then Uh-oh. it's going to be nice for a little while. So we just have to cover up our our lumber and stuff because we don't need it coated in ice. And no, then hopefully we'll get the outside the walls done and the sheeting done. So next week 
it's supposed to be really crappy and icy and rainy and you know like february winter kind of stuff but if we can at least have the outside sheeting on and the walls up then who cares you know we can worry about siding it when the weather's half decent we can just work inside yeah. at that point so it's very close very exciting it, it almost sounds actually like that you have it colder than we do here to be honest I don't know. We'll have you to have compare. snow and ice because we don't have that. Oh yeah, no, we have snow and ice. We had um, the temperature the other day was zero degrees when we woke up, and that's yeah, Fahrenheit. that's colder than here. Yeah, so that's that was Fahrenheit. It's um, just about freezing every day. Usually, like in the afternoons, it'll go above freezing, but most of the all night and most mornings and evenings are below freezing. So it's kind of cold. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like it. Huh. Well, once we get into talking about the temperature and the weather, maybe it's time to move on. <laughs> time to move on. <laughs> A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So we have a lot of new joiners on Patreon. Uh, so yes. I just wanted to give each of them a shout out here. Uh, so we have uh, Marina Handwerk, Handwerk, something like that. Uh, <laughs> Nina Jensen, Brian. Jacob Pitts and a fellow Dane. Do you want to try to pronounce her name, Autumn? <laughs> no, I'm not even. I don't want you to feel insulted. I've already seen you writing notes to each other in in Danish, so I just yeah. No, that's your side. You're good. <laughs> I trust your pronunciation. Yeah, so, that, so that was uh, Christina Frökia. Oh, very how does nice. That sound? Okay, that's that's one I'm going to have to work on. That's really good. So, how do you say hello <laughs> in Danish, though? I want to know that one. Well, you, you just say hi. Hi. <laughs> you don't have another it's, it's word. almost like hey, uh, almost like English, but you just say hi. Hi. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not like yeah. French with bonjour so can, or anything. All right. So I can say hi. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. Excellent. Well, good. It's I, quite I, easy. <laughs> we should do a word every single week. I'll eventually catch on. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but at least I wanted to, on behalf of, of both myself and Autumn, of course, to say uh, yes. thank you so much for the support that you're offering to the Am Writing Fantasy uh, podcast. You know, it's, it's this kind of support that helps us uh, keep the lights on uh, when it comes to this podcast. So please know that your pledge really makes a difference and it, it means a lot to us. It does. It's and it's wonderful to be able to help and meet other people a lot more personally than we would in just like the Facebook group and and the support. Yeah, it keeps us going here, so which is really important. Yeah, we offer a lot of rewards to those who join us. So I could also mention that uh, just last week, uh, at the point of uh, of this episode going out, we had the monthly Q and A session for for all those oh, yeah. who support us at the Adult Dragon tier. Because you gotta name your tier something with dragons, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely, all of us are dragon tiers, and yeah, of course yes. we're fantasy <laughs> authors. Of course, we have dragons in there. <laughs> exactly yeah so if you want to see what rewards we're offering you know check the link in the show notes and mm -hmm. uh, head on over to patreon and, and consider to join the club and become one of our backers over there yeah and i mean it's really interesting i mean not only do you get into the podcast early but to me sometimes it's the weekly i mean we're doing like weekly writing tips and blogs and answering questions over there so there's quite it would be joining now there's over a year's worth of uh backlog of blog posts just to access that have tons of tips so 
yeah, it's getting every day. It's getting more and more. Yeah. And we also try to post a bit, uh, kind of like eh, publishing marketing industry information slash tips uh, once a week as well. Uh, so only the Patreon supporters are getting those as well. So the, this is actually stuff that we're not posting elsewhere. So uh, so that might be might be good to get into that if if you're interested. Absolutely. Though I don't want to forget, I still absolutely yeah. love how the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group is growing so fast by leaps and bounds, and how much conversation is going on. I just looked at like one of the top ones just from oh yesterday. Uh, someone asked, like, how do you choose weapons for characters? Guess how many comments are on that one already? Ooh, 20? Oh, you're so low. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 41 comments on that one. And it's just been, they're wow. still typing um, people talking about how they choose their character weapons. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. So it's really actually seeing all the different ways, especially the different types. So we have fantasy from medieval to someone mentioning their space opera. And they mentioned something about a dinosaur. So <laughs> it's... they're just fun to read so that's another one that if if you don't want to join if you can't join us on patreon right now come over at least to the i'm writing fantasy facebook group because it's just fun yeah it is and and i i think i don't i don't remember if we talked about this on a past podcast episode or if, if it just been conversations between you and me autumn but but we have talked about in the past at least um that it feels like with Facebook groups that you sort of need to reach some sort of critical mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you get that far, then then the uh, interaction starts to flow more because there are just enough people that you will always get responses. Uh, yes. And we've certainly passed that actually quite a while back, I, I think. But but it it's amazing. We, I mean, every day I'm either myself or Luke and sometimes you or them yeah. are letting in more people. It, it's like every day there's join requests and uh, every day there's new posts from people asking for help or advice and, and people pitching in. So I think that's absolutely excellent. And it's a really nice uh, free resource. Uh, so whether, whether you're sort of viewing Facebook the same way that I do <laughs> and you don't quite like Facebook, this one is just enough that I'm going to go on Facebook anyway. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's definitely become that kind of group, which is awesome. And on to today's topic. Uh, so how much should you read when writing? I yes, mean, this reading is, and writing. This is this, a tough uh, one. Is something that is... Yeah, but also because there are so many opinions on this there one. There are. I, uh, so so many I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe for start, maybe for start on, and before we even get started on this, maybe mm-hmm. we should just point out that whatever we say from this point <laughs> and onwards <laughs> is just our opinions. That's there is right. nothing right or wrong in this episode. It is we're just sharing what we think, and you can feel absolutely free to disagree with us. That's fine. We have no problems with that. Uh, so we can only just say what we feel like. And and I think this is going to be that kind of episode. <laughs> yes, I think so. And you can happily comment, debate, criticize, though be kind in the comments. That's what they're there for. So this will be a fun one to maybe be a conversation with of, you know, do you, how much do you think? Are we right? Are we wrong? Um, what do you think of the advice that's out there? And I think that might be also a really good place to start is what you've heard. What do they tell writers um, how much you should read while writing is always a good place to start. 
Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, I also found, actually found a 2014 14 Time magazine article oh, about how much Americans read. So we can just come cycle back to that as well, and I can tell you what people. Well, this is uh, you know self assessment mm. stuff. So it's ah. just what people believe themselves. So it's not okay. like a like a scientific study as okay. such. But but it's still a bit interesting. But we can just cycle back to that big, and I, I think. The, the elephant in the room, maybe maybe I can start with that, at least the, word, <laughs> sure, the not, elephant that I see. We need to acknowledge that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there is this Stephen King quote out there, and yes. I think this one influences quite a lot about how people believe, think, view the point about how much you should be reading when you're writing. And the quote goes like this. So, quote, if you want to be a writer, you must do two things, read a lot and write a lot. Unquote. All right. So that's what Stephen King said, right? So, so the, it doesn't tell you you have to, it's not like write every day. It doesn't say read every day. It just says read a lot. Read a lot and write a lot. That's right. Which, of course, I, I'm not going to disagree with any of that. No. I mean, that, I think that is true. Uh, but uh, I mean, the man has sold more than 350 million <laughs> copies of his work, right? And uh, I also looked up, according to Forbes, he earns approximately $40 million per year, right? Wow. So okay. I'm not going to argue with that guy. No. <laughs> That'd be like arguing. But, uh, if Neil Gaiman told me I had to read every day, I'd probably just go and do it. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, but th- this is exactly what I wanted to debate a bit here, right? Because... I think this is this is part of the problem because the guy Stephen King mm-hmm. and because he has the name he has and because he's like the you know multi award winning highly successful author that everybody wants to be when he says something it is taking as gospel yes and that is fair enough and I understand why so I'm not sort of putting people down for for doing that at all I, I fully understand the logic behind but I do have some issues when what he said there about read a lot comes off as if now this is a requirement. You know, if you want to be something like a successful, uh, not even like Stephen King, because I, I think that's <laughs> that's the lightning in the bottle conversation again. That right? is. But, but if you want to be successful, at least, then if you aren't reading a lot, you will never become a good writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think, to be honest, that this is how that statement is often understood. Or that, that quote sense. that that I mentioned before. Yeah, that sort of definitely makes and, sense. And I don't like that. <laughs> I like to question everything. Uh, so I guess it probably wouldn't hit me that way. But there definitely would have been a time where in my life where I would have tried to juggle more balls than I really should possibly be responsible for just because everyone said this, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. Um, it's probably why I, I say why <laughs> at this point. But I do see, I think that might be a key component is why should you read when you're a writer? And that is important. And maybe what you should read when you're a writer, because there's also a difference there. And so there's a lot mm. of, there's a lot of wiggle room on the this question there's a lot of things to unpack and try to figure out when they say you should read if you want to be a writer so what should you be reading should you be reading your genre should you be reading books on how to write should you just be reading the news it doesn't say what (laughs) i read a lot of news stories every day bbc is like you know my go-to if i have a five second break to see what's going on in the world (laughs) right 
But that's not fiction, though. It is not. And, but, uh, but, but, uh, but I guess this is part of the conversation. Here, it right? does. It does. It's just, okay, so what are you supposed to be reading? Should it only be about writing? Or should it be in your genre? Yeah, uh, I mean, for sure, I do think that uh, reading is important. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I've, I tried to think before we went to record this, I, I was trying to think of things that, you know, w- what are the benefits of reading from a writer's perspective? And I tried to to think of some stuff and I, I came up with four things, to okay. be honest. Oh, <laughs> and one of them is also answering the question you just raised about what it is that you should be reading. Okay. Um, so... Maybe I can go over them here and then you can see if you have some more to pitch Absolutely. in or maybe you disagree with some of them uh, and then you can uh, you can share your thoughts. We never disagree, so this will be fun. We'll see if we can well, come up with something. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't call it problem, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it always ends up so that we, we agree we on everything. So it doesn't become very, very like heated debates, these podcast episodes. <laughs> How to play devil's <laughs> advocate just for the sake of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so number one, uh, I put down that the more you read, the more words and sentence structures that you will gain exposure to. So this will inform and help you in your own writing. And I I think that is true. That's very true. Um, Because when you... When you see other 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 authors writing, and and now we're talking fiction here, of course, because then you're getting a sense of how do they how do they use the words, but also the sentence structures, and and how are they, uh, especially with fantasy, for example, how are they doing the world building elements? How are they sharing things about the world mm-hmm. inside the narrative without info dumps, like we talked about in past episodes, and all, all that good stuff? You know, that's that's something you do get a feeling for from reading. So. So and it it sort of broadens your understanding of of how to write. So I think that's important. Yes, I agree. Of course, but I think it's also important the quality of what you're reading because you're talking about you know learning, and I've seen um, you know sometimes if you're not reading something that is well written, you might be learning the wrong things. And I have definitely seen that at a few few times that people are not reading. You know, maybe they're it's more lightweight. It's not, you know, the high end, the, you know, the JK Rowling's or the George R. R. Martin, really seeing some really fantastic writing. I did read a really nice um, article from someone once who said, you know, when you're reading something and it really just moves you or takes you by surprise, or you just, mm. it does, it has an Im- impact on you. That's when you should stop and, and really analyze it and look at it and see why, how did the author do this? That's a really great way of looking at writing. And again, if I've read stories where the dialogue was literally wee and other things like that, and, and that's probably not the inspiration and in, that I want to be unpacking. So you got to watch the the quality of what you're reading. But isn't that highly sort of subjective? I mean, what if I like to read something that where the where the dialogue is we <laughs> and, and that's what I like. And I want to write like that. Well, that's fine, right? That is fine. That is fine. If that's also what you want to write, I guess read something that is from an author who will inspire you. So if you go for someone who's writing that style you love and that you think is really an excellent writer and is writing things that you like, and that'll help inspire you and 
teach you a lot about the genre and how to write whatever it is about their writing that you like, whether it's the characters or the world or just the sentence structure, like you said. Yeah. And it, also on the flip side, I would say, for example, um, it's probably probably a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, but I read Brandon Sanderson's Way of King. Mm, Way of Kings, right. I think. Sorry, I, th- I think it's Way of Kings, not King. But never mind. But I read that, uh, I think, about a year ago. And, and well, I think most of us or most of our listeners here know Brandon Sanderson. Sanderson is a pretty big name within fantasy authors, <laughs> within the community yeah. of fantasy authors. But honestly, I, I didn't like those books. <laughs> I think that's fair. And somebody though. will kill me now, but, but honestly, I didn't. <laughs> we will be <laughs> trolled because you did not like a Brandon Sanderson story. <laughs> probably, 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 yes. yes. Uh, I mean, but nevertheless, I still got something out of it. You know, I, I was uh, certainly inspired with, I mean, the world building stuff. Uh, I mean, hands down, he's, he, he does an excellent job mm. at world building. Um, and so you can still pick up things about, for example, how he's um, well again sharing the world details without doing info dumps, and not because he does not do info dumps. It, it's all part of the story, uh-huh. which is really nice. Um, so you can still pick up information like that, even though that the story itself I didn't really care much for. That's uh, good. I didn't care much for the character either. Uh, but but there are still things you can pick up from reading oh. other people's books. I like okay, I like this one element, but the rest I don't like. So you just ignore the rest and you pick up the elements that you do like, right? That, Absolutely. I think that's fine. I mean, I've, I've still never actually finished Game of Thrones because I just, there were, the pacing sometimes was too slow and there's, I really yeah. could not get used to the fact that all the characters I cared about died. But at least now that yeah. I've watched the show, You're maybe the I'll know which one ones. That. Yeah. At least now that I've watched the show, I can at least see which ones, I know which ones will make it to the end. So I'll try to focus on those. But his <laughs> writing it's the language and the what it evokes and how he uses the different senses. Just, I mean, there's a couple paragraphs and pages of his writing that I keep as inspiration when I need when I'm feeling stuck and like my writing's flat. I go read those and I'm like, right, this is what I'm trying to yeah. do. And so, yeah, even though I've yeah, never finished the whole series, I've finished enough of it to know this is stellar. If I could do this, I'd be so thrilled. Right. Okay, so that was only number one. Okay, let's go for two. <laughs> yeah, so I'll do two and three here in quick succession because they're just short points. And okay. then number four, will then I'll get into answering the question you asked before about what oh. you should be reading. Uh, so number two is, uh, well, when you're reading, you are forced to block all, out, all kinds of other stuff out mm-hmm. and you're forced to focus uh, and so it, it helps to improve your concentration, which I think is a good skill to have as a writer. Mm, that is so, good. so that's just a quick one there. Uh, and uh, number three is in prolongation of, of the learning about words and sentence structures, mm-hmm. but that's more like the fundamentals of story structure. Uh, you also you also get a better understanding about how different authors are structuring their stories by reading a lot of books. Um, so again, you'll, there'll be some stuff you like and some, some stuff you don't like, and that's fine. And you pick and choose, uh, what you want to sort of bring forward into you to inform your own writing and what you want to ignore. That's absolutely fine. But, 
But reading a lot of different stories does give you different perspective on how a story can be structured and what, at least from your point of view, works and what doesn't work. Yes, both are very good points. I like the idea. I hadn't been considering it, but with focus, I think that's really important that uh, there's so much going on in the world that it's probably a good thing to learn to just get lost in something. And then hopefully you can do the same thing in your book. And I have to admit yeah. as a writer, it's, we never, we never experience our own stories with that first level of discovery, not the complete thing. It's always, you know, we're discovering lots about our story as we write, but we're never going to experience as a reader. So it's also really fun to read just to remember what it's like to be led along. And so we can think about how we're doing that for the people reading our stories. Yeah, that's true. Okay, should I get into my perspective on the question you asked? Then? Yes, because I think uh, <laughs> I, I'm saving up one of the reasons. Uh, well, I think it's going to be related to something I'm thinking of. So let's go for it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so in terms of what should you be reading, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it well, it's one of the typical answers where it depends a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> if you're not well-versed within or well-read within the genre that you're writing already, then you have to write within the genre. Yes. Uh, because the thing is that, uh, oh, did I say write? I meant read. read. <laughs> you have to read within the genre, yeah. Because the thing is that each genre has its own kind of tropes uh, within them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to start saying here now that you need to copy tropes and you need to follow them. But but if you don't have a sense of what they are and, and also how they do inform reader expectations of the stories, then you, your, your book are not going to resonate with, with that audience. So it, it's not about copying tropes, but it is about touching upon the tropes. Oh, yeah. Um, so that you are at least delivering what readers of that particular genre is expecting. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you, the way that you deliver it, you have to be creative and try to find new ways, but still touching upon that those particular tropes for the genre. So, so that's the reason why I think you have to read within your within the same genre as your writing. Um, if you are really well versed within your genre already and you understand all of it already, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, for example, if you would like to write a fantasy story that has some thriller elements in it, maybe it could be worth reading a bit of thriller stories just to see how those stories are working and how the authors are going about that to you know give you a bit of an outside perspective almost if you can call it that uh-huh. uh, but for the majority i will probably <laughs> say that you have to read within the genre and stay uh, yeah. for the most parts just stay in stay there yeah and i think but um there's i don't f- know what you think yeah well i think there's a few reasons to i i guess it doesn't um i like variety so i think it's sometimes fun to just read, like read in your genre or read what you're writing in the genre you're writing. But sometimes it is fun to just go pick up a murderous mystery and see how they do some layering and of clues. And you can learn so much about that. And so it's really fun to kind of go for really good stories. But I do think it's really important to do that because you learn not only what we've been talking about, but the current trends. I think if um, if I went, I just recently read an Anne McCaffrey, one the, the first book I ever picked up that was a fantasy story, and is the reason I fell in love with fantasy. And I read it again, and 
I haven't actually finished my review for it on Goodreads because this is like this is the most pivotal story of my entire life and reading it now as an adult in 2020 versus you know a kid in 1980 where the sexism it's more omniscient just all the writing trends that have changed um how this woman um her boyfriend slash lover treats her oh my gosh if that happened today (laughs) but at the time it was fine but reading it now like oh my gosh i'd never let my kid read this if she thought if i would not want another young child to think it's okay to be shaken and be almost afraid of the person who is supposed to be her partner holy crap no so i was yeah i I think it's important to go read, but, you know, try to read what's contemporary because you'll be surprised at the change in nuances. Uh, characters, I remember the 80s, it was a lot about, you are born destined, you know, oh, the big glowy signs and you shall go and be this. <laughs> and nowadays it's like, I'm sorry, you're like the poor farm boy. You're going to have to earn this through some horrible trials. And if you're lucky, you will come out alive and be something better. It's a lot different. So if you're going to pick up something, it's to pick up those sorts of things. You know, what are the trends? How are characters being developed? Read the comments to see what readers like about the story, what they hated about the story. And it's fascinating. It's all every book I read now has become like a scientific study of what do I like? What did other readers like? What do people say about it? Because it's good to find the trends Mm. and you're always allowed to have your own views and opinions. But again, if you're writing for a mass audience, it's also interesting to see if you agree or disagree with what other people found. It's really fun. Mm. And even little things like I realized I like to write dystopian, but almost all dystopian is written in first person. And I just, I don't know why it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I don't really like reading or writing first person. So it's one reason I stay away. I have a little bit in the genre, but it's also partially why I stay away from it because uh, third person is not that common and readers are not expected they're okay with it that some of them mention you know it's okay but it's not it's not what they're looking for and those are important things you only know by being curious and going in there and reading or picking up at least a whole bunch of um the free downloads and at least going through them a little bit to get to trends mm. yeah what you said just reminded me because uh uh quite recently uh, i finished reading the first book in the Dragonland series with, oh, with my gosh. sons yeah. and I was so afraid of going back to read that because of exactly what you were mentioning yeah. there right I was so afraid that this wonderful this memory changed? of Dra- Dragonlance was the one that put me on the on the track okay. of fantasy back back when I was a child and I, and I have so fond memories of that mm-hmm. series it's just like the best thing I ever read <laughs> and and then I was uh, like oh my god I mean I'm so afraid now I'm going to pick this up and I'm going to start reading and I'm going to be like what what is this? You know, I was <laughs> oh, no, so concerned I, I about it. I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah and I was so concerned about having my fond memory completely spoiled. Yeah, uh, but um, but to be honest, it was okay. Okay, it, it was it was not as um, it was not as good as I remember it though. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it's okay. I mean, yeah. wrestling the skill still cool. Okay, <laughs> so that's, that's good. good. <laughs> There's yeah, definitely. But I mentioned a... that the. I mentioned that 2014 mag- Time Magazine article before. Yeah, Maybe I so should just uh, circle back to that for a second. Let's, yeah, let's circle back. 
what it said. Yeah, so again, it was, uh, you know, people's own estimation on how much they read. So there's no science involved here. Right. Right? But uh, but it's uh, so it said that Americans read 19 minutes a day on average. Really? Wow. Yeah, so this is 2014. So okay. mind you, it's six six years old, right? Yeah. But so it's younger now Americans like nine minutes a day. <laughs> <laughs> younger Americans aged between 25 and 30, 34 reads just four minutes a day. Wow! And those over 75 reads upwards of one hour each day. Wow! So. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that the in terms of the younger demographics there, it could even be less than four minutes nowadays. Yeah. But I don't know. How much do you read on average a day, Autumn? I would say, because again, most of my reading right now is probably news stories and things like that. But I would say maybe I get in an hour, but maybe I'm overestimating half an hour to an hour. And I would right. like that to be... Um, fiction and i do like my problem is i try not to read while i'm writing because i'm task oriented and once i get involved in a novel i just want to read i'm like addicted to reading it's my biggest addiction right okay so i i okay. do not usually read while i'm writing because otherwise i'll just read <laughs> but i do do other um other types you know readings little short stories and stuff so what do you think you read well, uh, certainly less than I would like to. Uh -huh. um, I I I don't have time during days and whatnot to read. So th the time when I read is when I go to bed in the evening before uh -huh. I need to sleep. So then I like to to take my Kindle and and read a bit uh, before going to sleep. But it happens too often compared to what I would like that. Um, I'm too tired when I get to bed, so <laughs> I almost cannot read, so I just fall asleep instead. Okay. So I, I don't know. On average, maybe like mm, I, I probably pretty much aligned with that article there, maybe 15, 20 minutes, okay. something wow. like that, which is far less than I want to. I would like really like to read more, but I feel it really difficult to find the necessary time to do so, but also because when you have been really busy all day you know when i get to bed i'm tired oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, and i think that's but, but maybe go ahead yeah sorry go ahead no well i i was just about to say but maybe this is also why the stephen king quote there rubs me a bit the wrong way because it's it's i mean not not the quote itself but more like the way that i think some people understand the quote because <laughs> I don't know what exactly he meant by it when he said read a lot. Uh, I, I I don't know if if uh, maybe maybe somebody can dig out an article where he elaborated on it. And mm. I did read Stephen King's on writing that that book he wrote. I did read that, but that's like a couple of years ago, so I can't quite remember if he elaborated on it in there. But maybe he means that you have to read a lot every day, uh, yeah. or maybe he just means that you need to read a, as much as you can. I, I I'm not sure, but at least. I just feel like it's important to be mindful that you don't end up dedicating so much time to reading that it basically ends up taking time away from writing. Exactly. Because, yeah, we're not going to be authors unless we write. Exactly. That's why I try to write a book and then read a book and then write a book and read a book. Because if I do it any other way, it screws up everything. And I would just be reading. But I do think it's important. And I mean, I also think it comes from... 
I, like I mentioned, trends and all those things you can only get by reading current stories, things that are out now. But before I became a writer, I thousand i mean how many fantasy books did i think i used to polish off a book in two or three days and so if i if i estimated from the time i really started reading fantasy in seventh grade to when i started writing and slowed down on my reading activities that's a lot of books i mean does like it has to count somewhere i got all of that knowledge stored inside of me somewhere, even though sometimes it's, you know, not how I'd want to be writing now, but at least I, I can analyze that and I still get something from it because it's part of why I love the genre and why I became a writer. Yeah. Don't you think that sometimes reading can end up for some people to be like a procrastination tool? Oh, Absolutely. It's, it's like the excuse that, oh, I need to read some stuff so I don't have time to write today or something. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. The writing should definitely come first. And it's one of the hard parts of being an author. I see some authors on Goodreads and they have like 20 some books they want to read. I'm like, damn, no, that's, it's been a long time since I read 20 books in a year or set myself that kind of wow. goal. I, yeah. I've never read 20 <laughs> books in a year. <laughs> <laughs> I used to read 20 books in a month. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, that's amazing. I mean, my wife always makes fun of me because whenever I start reading a new book, it takes me like four or five months before I'm done with it. And she, oh. in the meantime, she's read like 10 books before <laughs> yes. I get more done with one. <laughs> that does make it harder when you're a slower reader. But it's still, again, it becomes an addiction for me. So I have to stay away from it. I want to be writing. I want to be creating my own stories. I yeah. And it's funny because I think, too, if you are reading and writing at the same time, there's definitely a trend where you kind of take on some of the aspects of what you've been reading and you might change your tone, which is also like if you're in the middle of the trilogy, the last thing you want to do is totally change up your tone just because you were influenced by someone. So those are all kind of the caveats. You know, you have to be careful about what you're reading, because if you screw things up, you can screw up some big things <laughs> yeah but don't you think that that's more like if you're in your really early stages of writing i mean uh, once you've written enough uh, you're not gonna change your style just because you're reading something i, I would say but maybe i think maybe it's uh, you, sometimes you differently. a subconscious change because i found myself using words that i would not normally or just the pacing's a little different I can see things being influenced occasionally by what I'm reading. So I do watch that if it's not, I don't want to be reading something post-apocalyptic and horror when I'm also writing epic fantasy. That's all noble, right? Because I think, you know, you end up with darker terms and your characters are a little more melodramatic and you're like, no, that's not what I'm aiming for. <laughs> it's, it's like changing your entire mood. I'm very much affected by what I'm reading. Oh, okay. Again, that's why I, I limit myself. It's like being on a diet. I just want to pick up a book, but I can't. <laughs> no, that, that's quite interesting, actually, because I think my mind sort of just com compartmentalizing everything. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't matter what I read or watch. Uh, I mean, of course, you're always going to get somewhat of an influence for whatever you're reading or watching on Netflix or what. I mean, that's unavoidable. Right. But I, I don't think that... 
I don't think that it really influences the way that I'm telling the story, no matter what I'm watching. So I, I don't really think about that much. I just yeah. watch or read whatever I want. <laughs> uh, it might be you're much uh, you're much more of a plotter, and I don't know if that has something to do with it. Where I'm yeah, a I am, more of a yeah. pantser, so I'm more of a hybrid. Yeah. I'm definitely I straddle the line between the two. So yeah, yeah, it could be that. So I have a lot more wiggle room where things get influenced more than maybe sometimes I'm meaning for it to happen. All right, yeah. But I don't know, maybe if we are to, if it's possible even to derive some sort of conclusion out (laughs) of all this uh, talking around. But I I don't know, I'm sort of thinking that, I think we are both saying that if you should not like spend years reading other people's fiction if it prevents you from doing any writing on your own, you know, uh, at least I think that, you know, writing skills doesn't magically appear just because you are reading, you know, no. you, ha- you have to be writing and that should be your priority. So at least in my view, if you are so busy uh, in your day-to-day life, uh, then prioritize your writing. And then if you can get in like maybe the 10 minutes of reading before you fall asleep like me, then that's <laughs> what, that's it. I think that sounds good. Of course, I'm tooting my own horn here, I know. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. I think, I mean, I tried to do it, depending on how long a chapter was, just just one chapter is good. And then, you know, then I never, the breaks come off when I start getting close to the climax. But reading is important. But yes, you don't even know the questions of what to look for and the things to break down to see why you like this writing or why you don't like that writing until you've been writing. So... Reading should definitely come secondary. You, hopefully you've read books that inspired you to become a writer. So you have that backlog. You have that that you know firm foundation. Write first and then read. And it's amazing. It's, it's just like you know going to the movies with an author. You want to strangle people because they're constantly pointing out the clues and the plots. <laughs> and we're horrible. <laughs> but it's true. It's, That's, we uh... all do it. Yeah, that's my wife next to me in the couch when we were watching something. She she hates that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it just comes to us now. Once you start doing it, you just can't turn it off. It's so hard to sit there and silence. No, the problem going. is also we, you, yeah, we we see the foreshadowing, we see the we plot holes uh, miles away, right? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, but you don't know that until you're writing and you're doing it yourself, and then you and you struggle with something, and then you read it, someone else do it, and you're like, oh, that's perfect, and. <laughs> You remember it from that on. So I agree. I think that's our take-home message. Write first. You're already a reader, but, you know, just just a little bit. A little bit of spice. Perfect. So in episode 60, we shared the cost of editing, but how much does it cost to produce a novel when taking cover design and everything else into Ooh. account? That's the topic for next Monday. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash Fantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.